0: On our recent Israel tour, reality set in as I taught at the different sites. I'm going to recap our Israel tour and share an eye-opening experience that I had on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And we are recording from Orlando, Florida this week. Doug Vince and I and the rest of the End Time crew are down here at the our general conference. We'll have ministers and evangelists, apostles, prophets, people from all over the world come down here to meet us in Orlando at a uh, our general conference down here and. It's a very important uh, time for our organization, our church organization, because people will receive, um, you know, direction from God during the general conference. And, you know, where, a missionary, where, Lord, should I go to Uruguay or Chile or places like that? So um, it's a very important time, and End Time Ministries has had a booth at this general conference for well over 20 years. I remember coming back here in the 90s down in San Antonio and all over the United States and setting up these booths, and so uh, we'll be recording uh, from this today, tomorrow, and Friday. On Friday, Doug, Vince, and I will be on the air together taking questions from the floor and so bantering back and forth, so you won't want to miss that. But on today's program, you, you guys know that we just got back from Israel this past Wednesday. And <laughs> I've been up since 3.30 in the morning suffering from jet lag. I always love that the Israel, uh, that's something that um, follows me home from Israel is my sleep's all messed up. But at any rate, uh, I'm, I'm going to go through an experience that I had on our Israel tour. And I wanted to share it with you because today is gonna to be a vision sharing um, program. And a, a, a hope filled program because I know a lot of you are wondering about, oh, uh, precursors of the Mark of the Beast and World War III and all these different things. And those things are coming. But I want you to know that in the midst of all the chaos and turmoil, you can have hope, peace, know that there is a, uh, especially end time ministries, there's a vision for the end time things that we'll be involved in all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And some of that set in, that reality set in on me. At the on at, at, during this Israel tour, and so I want to share that with you because I know a lot of you guys are along on this journey with us. You're invested in End Time Ministries and what we're going to do in the end time, setting the stage for this wonderful, great end time revival. And so I want to share that with you. Now, you understand what we're going to do in the end time. Uh, with Israel. We're working with people all over the world. We're reaching people literally around the globe and teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. But we've got a specific mission in Israel in the end time. And I want to go through that. But I wanted to start with going back in history a little bit. Then I'll bring you back up today and we'll go through some of the things that we went through in Israel. But I'm going to go to pre-World War II, uh, when Hitler was just starting all of his rhetoric and different speeches and he was coming to power. And I'm going back to uh, an article I found in The Forward. It's a Jewish uh, independent nonprofit um, news source and a guy named Andrew Nagorski published an article, Jews failed to spot Hitler's menace. Now. I want to bring you through this because this is going to be the role of End Time Ministries to the Jews in the West Bank and around the world prior to the Great Tribulation. Okay, no. So I'm going to bring you back in history, take you back in history, and then I'm going to bring you up to today and and tell you what's uh, and tie all this together. But in this article, I want to go through this some of the excerpts from the article, and then we'll go into uh, what what the reality that set in on me on this last tour and. That's another thing, if it, we, we just come back from a tour from Israel. It was a wonderful, fabulous, awesome tour. We're going to be going again in next May. We've already got over 30 people signed up to go on that tour. If you'd like to go with us, contact end time, 1-800-363-8463. Contact my wife, Jana, or Brittany. And uh, we'll get you set up, set up for next May. It's going to be a great trip. I've had a lot of people at this conference tell me that they they want to go with us. And so, um, you know, we need to sign up pretty quick because it's filling up. We're going to take 100 people and we've got already over 30 already signed up. So uh, in this article, the Jews failed to spot Hitler's menace. And of course, it, what a horst, horrible travesty that that led to. But in the very early 1920s, when Adolf Hitler was still only a a local rabble rouser in Munich, two men from Munich's American consulate made a point of observing his rallies. And Robert Murphy, he was a, a young acting consul, and a guy named Paul Dre. He was a, a German employee who was a member of the distinguished Bavarian Jewish family, and. Murphy asked one of his colleagues, "Do you think these agitators, the the whatever Hitler's, uh, Reddick, do you think that they'll get very far?" And Dre replied, "Of course not. The German people are much too intelligent to be taken in by such scamps." Well, in late 1932, as Hitler was close to taking power, Edgar Ansel Maurer, he's the Chicago Daily News correspondent who was one of the most perceptive observers on the scene attended a dinner at the home of a prominent Jewish banker. All of the other guests were all Jewish bankers and Mauer was startled to hear that some of them had given money to the Nazis at the urging of non-Jewish German industrialists. Well, when Maurer expressed his astonishment at his dinner companions, the strong suicidal urge his host insisted that Hitler should not be taken seriously. And the implication was that the Nazi leader would never act on his, own, uh, on his most extreme rhetoric. And besides, the donations would keep him reasonable. Well, the Jews who were more willing to listen, Maurer advised with an unequivocal, get out of here fast. What Hitler is saying he's going to do, he's actually going to do. You need to get out of here. Well, of course they didn't. And then after Kristallnacht, which uh, which took place, what was November eight and nine in nineteen thirty eight, and which when they started burning Jews, businesses, and different things, and the September first, nineteen thirty nine, German invasion of Poland, that launched World War Two, there was of course near panic among German Jews, and they besieged the U.S. Embassy in Berlin, seeking visas, obviously to get out. Well. They, uh, but given the strict quota system that the United States maintained, even consular officials who were sympathetic to their plight ended up turning away many of them. So Hitler's coming to power, he's invading, the Jews were warned to get out, but many of them did not get out. They didn't leave because they didn't believe it was really going to happen, like the people were warning them, and they didn't leave and what a tragedy that ended up being. I'll get more into the story on the other side of the break because I want you to hear what happened to me in
1: Israel. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started In Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV... It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says serving end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: Now, after the Nazis took power, Okay, we're right here in World War II now. Murphy didn't forget about his German-Jewish colleague, Dre. And as late as 1938, Murphy had flew back to Munich to urge him to flee the country. And I want you to remember this part of the story when we get to what we're going to do, what End Time Ministries and is going to do with the, the Jews around the world and specifically in the West Bank in the end time. Murphy flew back to warn Dre, hey, you've got to leave the country, it's getting bad. And he was assuring his friend that he'd find a job for him elsewhere, he was going to help him out. But Dre thanked him, but he turned him down, saying that the temporary madness in the country would soon pass. Now again, we're right here at the very beginning, 1938. The problem is that Dre died later in Dachau, the concentration camp. Because, but he was warned to leave, but he said, hey, it's not going to get that bad. This is temporary madness. But people had rent through there warning the Jews to leave, and they simply said, no. We've got our kids are in college here. We've got successful businesses. We don't think that all of Hitler's rhetoric is that bad, so no, we're not going to leave. And many of them paid for that. They paid the ultimate price for that decision. So with the benefit of hindsight, these behaviors appear perplexing and even infuriating, really. Because when I go through a Holocaust museum, a Yad Vashem in Israel, I mean, something in me, and I'm a Christian man, and something in me kind of rises up and said, this is horribly wrong. I just, this should never have happened. I mean, it's just like, I I don't even like walking through a, a Holocaust museum because of the horrible videos that you see and things that you read. But... For many, at this point, back then, for many of the well-educated Jews, non-Jews, Germans, and Americans, Hitler's rants and behavior seemed too bizarre, too, too far removed from any rational frame of reference to be taken seriously. Many of them, many of them just didn't believe he was going to do what he was saying he was going to do. Which, why so many appeared to be in denial about what was happening until it was too late. And, of course, Hitler did, in fact, do what he said he was going to do and many of them, millions of them, paid for it because they would not get out when they had a chance to. These people were called runners, people that went around trying to get people to leave, but the Jews wouldn't leave. You remember my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, talking about the books Exodus by Leon Uris. People went around to these Jewish communities to warn them about what was to come and to try to get them to leave. And, and, they, and again, they were called runners. They were they were just going everywhere. Hey, this is actually, Hitler really means what he says he's going to do. And But people thought, nah, man, we've got successful business, it's not going to happen because the Jews did not believe those reports. And so they chose to stay. And because of the warnings of um, these people, you look back in history and think, oh, man, why didn't the Jews leave? But put yourself in their shoes. And, you know, it's kind of hindsight, right? And uh, hindsight's always 2020. 20, if they would only have left when they had a chance, but they didn't. So let's jump to 2022 and in the very near future, from now to the rapture. What are we going to do? I do know that we talk about World War III, and we talk about precursors, to the mark of the beast, and all the different things that are going to happen. World religion, and those things will happen. They, they're in the Bible, folks. They are going to happen. However, you say, "Well, we're just going to we're, we're, we need to run around and, and, and you know find a cave somewhere and burrow." No, Christians have a job during the end time, and that is evangelism. If you're a Christian. You will not be hiding in a foxhole. The church will not be a weak, anemic organization in the end time. We're going to be teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God just like the apostles did. That's our job. If you go to the warnings of Jesus in Matthew 24, and this comes to End Time Ministries, one of our uh, missions in the end time. The warnings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. End Time will warn the Jews in Judea to flee and to help the Jews around the world to come to Israel or at least the United States. And we, End Time Ministries, will be the runners. Remember the runners early on prior to Hitler, or prior to World War II. End Time Ministries prior to the Great Tribulation will be the runners warning the Jews, you're going to have to flee. There's another Jewish holocaust coming, prior to the next Jewish Holocaust. The, 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 and listen, everyone, I've known this for years. My father-in-law talked to me. We had so many conversations about another Jewish Holocaust to come. And I, I know Irvin Baxter. I knew him my, my almost my entire life. And I knew his visions. I knew where it started. I knew him prior to this vision, everything. and But when I went to Israel this time without my father-in-law, okay? God give him this vision, this mission, and now he's gone. When I took the tour to Israel this time, and I was standing out in Gush Etzion teaching our group. We saw the video of how they went out there and they've, they possessed the land. They were Jewish settlers that went out there. And after Jordan was driven out in 1967, they went out there. They started to inhabit the land. There were no Jewish settlers until 1967. Jordan had driven them all out. There were no Jews out there. After the 67 Six Days War, then Jews went out there and started settling in the land. It was their land to begin with, folks. God gave them to to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that lineage 4,000 years ago. But these people, after the 67 Six Days War, they went out and started to inhabit the land, and Gush Etzion is one of those settlements, they had to go out there, many of them lost their lives, but they inhabited the land, and they have Gush Etzion today. So we take our tour groups out there, every tour group, the one in May will go as well, and we let them see what happened there, we explain, and we explain to them our mission. Gush Etzion is one of the places that End Time Ministries will do the door knocking campaign in the near future. And so, this, as I'm standing there talking to the individuals at Gush Etzion, And after that, in prayer, the realization really set in on me, folks. It went from my father-in-law to me that this is really going to happen. And and I've taught it for years. I know it's going to happen. But there's something about it's easy to watch somebody ride a bull, okay? And then it's different when you have to get in the saddle. Okay, well, for years, my father-in-law had been riding the bull, but there, they're, it's like this Israel trip on this mission, I had to get in the saddle, okay, big difference, you got, many of you will know what I'm talking about, if not, I'm going to explain it here in just a moment, but the realization set in on me as trip, this is one of the places where we're going to be doing the door knocking campaign and many other places, and so... I knew it before, but it hadn't completely hit me like it did over the last couple of weeks in Israel, with all of our connections and different people I talked to, and God, I can just see God putting the pieces in in place, setting the stage for the great end time revival. And honestly, I know I rub shoulders with people uh, uh, all over the place, and in, in the television world, in the radio world, and ministries, and different things, and. I don't know of anyone else in the world that's even talking about this, you understand? Most people in the quote-unquote Christian world believe we're going to be gone. If you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you believe we're going to be gone when all this stuff takes place. So nobody's even talking about it. But if you understand what the Bible says about a post-tribulation rapture and all the things that will happen during the final seven years, then... And you understand Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, when Jesus talked about this, then you'll understand End Time Ministries' role and how it's it's one of the most important things that will happen in the final seven years. And End Time Ministries is going to be the runners. Now, there may be others. We work with the, the Missionary to Israel. Our Missionary to Israel works out of our college in downtown Jerusalem. I taught there last... I think uh, a couple Thursdays ago we had our entire tour group in the college, I taught from there, we did a and a session, many of you heard that, And but there, be, there will be other people. I had a lady come up to me last year at this general conference and said, hey, I just got approved, me and my husband just got approved to be missionaries to the Palestinian region in the West Bank, we will be there when you do your door knocking campaign to help, boots on the ground to help facilitate that door knocking campaign. And it was a God moment for me because I thought, oh, God, you know, right where we're at, you're setting the stage for this stuff. I, I'd never met the lady before, but she just walked up to me and said, You, Dave Robbins? Yes. We're going to be here to help you facilitate this great end time uh, push and the door knocking campaign and the revival in the, in the West Bank. And I thought, God, you know, right where you're at, right where we're at, and what we're going to be doing in the end time. So, end time industry is going to be one of the runners. Now, with that said, I want to go through some of our Israel tour. It was a, it was a, just a fabulous tour. But then I want when I get to the Mount of Olives and different things, I'll talk to you about where some of this stuff set in on me as we go through here. So the End Time Prophecy Tour, I want to do a quick recap. If you ever get a chance to go, go with us. Uh, we're going again in the spring and the May. But obviously, um, you know, day one, we, we fly out of New York City. And then we come into Tel Aviv on day two. We went straight to the hotels, get up day three, and we're ready to travel. Mount of Olives is our first stop. We always go to Mount of Olives first because we want to. That's where Jesus ascended from in Acts chapter 1, and that's where he's coming back to, Zechariah chapter 14. When he comes back, he's going to plant his feet upon the Mount of Olives. And the most famous prophecy chapter in the Bible, Matthew chapter 24, is the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus goes up on the Mount of Olives and teaches his disciples. And, you know, it is the, it's Matthew chapter 24, and what happened there? Well, the disciples were showing Jesus the, the beautiful buildings. Undoubtedly, they were saying, hey, Lord, look, you know, they were down there for one of the feasts. And look, Lord, isn't the isn't the uh, temple's fabulous? And the Temple Mount, look at it. And because they didn't spend much time there, they spent much most of their time a hundred miles north at, around the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus spent most of his time and did most of his miracles. But while they were down there for the feasts, the, the disciples were showing Jesus the temple and the and the different things. And you know, look what look what Herod the Great has done. And all, all of a sudden, Jesus just threw water in their face. Ice-cold water. And he said, Hey, guys, I hate to tell you this, but it's all coming down. Not one stone will be left on another from the temple. And, of course, they they caught their breath, and they said, Well, you know, Lord, when when will these things be? What's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Now, the King James Version says the the end of the world. Most translations more accurately say the end of the age, which is where we're at. You and I, listening to me today, we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're at the end of the age. And, of course, we prove that all the time, and um, there's a million ways to prove that. But, anyway, it, it just it's, it, it's important that you understand. If you're a new listener, we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Keep listening, and we'll prove that over and over and over. So they asked Jesus, what's going to be the sign of your coming in of the end of the age? D- Jesus didn't give the sign of the end of the world because that's a thousand years later. But the end of the age is just ahead of us right now. And that's what he talked about, okay? And so the the first thing he said was, "'Take heed that no man deceives you, "'because in the last days many will come in my name.'" And, you know, that's something very important. The the name over the door in most churches will be Christian. Hey, this is a Christian church. But they're going to be deceiving many. They're not gonna be teaching the full truth. And I know many churches today, I'm not going to call any names, but I know many churches today that are not teaching the full truth. You need to make sure you're in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, truth-teaching church, folks. Jesus said, there will be many that come in my name that will be deceiving many. Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm coming in Jesus' name. But they're not teaching the full truth. And the business inside of the church is going to be deception. And... You know, we, we we talk about that more on different programs uh, in the future, but because we're living in a day right now when many people are under the name Christian, but they're not teaching biblical Christianity, and it, it's a horrible travesty, uh, they're just interested in gathering crowds rather than teaching the truth. And, you know, I, I would rather have a church of 20 people that were saved and going to heaven than to have a church of 10,000 and not one person in there was ready to go when their trumpet sounds. So, you understand what I'm saying. And so I'm interested in getting people to heaven, not in gathering crowds. Now, if you're teaching the truth and you and you got a big church, hallelujah. I'm all into that. But we got to teach the truth, folks, without fear or favor, because we're trying to get people to heaven. That's the goal. Jesus went on to say, and then there's going to be, well, I'm in Matthew 24. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places. And then he gave a bunch of things uh, that would happen. But he gets to two specific things that I I want to talk to you about today because it goes with our mission and vision in the end time, end time ministries. Again, if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, we'll talk about that in future programs. But you believe we're going to be gone when this stuff happens. The Bible teaches a post-trib rapture. That's what we teach. And so you know that we're going to be here during all this. He's talking to us right now. And... Two specific things um, Jesus said in verse 15, he said, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, speaking of Daniel 9.27 and other places in Daniel, stand in the holy place. Now, he said, Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And if you're on the housetop, don't even go down to get your clothes. If you're out in the field, don't go, don't go back to get your billfold. I mean, you're going to have to hit the ground running. Why? Because then will be great tribulation such as never was before, nor ever will be again. Jesus is warning. Remember, he's talking about the end of the age here. So Jesus is warning. There's coming a time of the greatest persecution the world's ever known. The greatest persecution of Jews and Christians the world has ever known. And so we're going to talk about it more when we get back from the break. But uh, very important because this goes right along with end time, part of end time's mission So in Matthew 24, Jesus was saying there's coming a time in just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ when there would be great tribulation such as never was uh, before nor ever shall be again, the greatest time of persecution. And we know that that begins three and a half years prior to his second coming in the rapture. The disciples went to their graves, not even understanding what Jesus said because it was written for you, and me. Not for them. Remember, they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? Then he goes into talking to us. However, if you want to understand it, you've got to know where Judea is. Judea is what's called the West Bank. It, when I was standing on the Mount of Olives talking to our group, overlooking the Temple Mount, directly behind them on the other side of the Mount of Olives is when the West Bank or Judea starts. From there all the way to Jordan. If you understand the Jordan Valley and everything there, all the way on the other side. So I told them, I said, directly behind you on the other side of this Mount of Olives here, that's where Judea starts all the way to Jordan. This to give them an idea of what was going on here. And I want you as the listener to understand as well. That it's very, I mean, everything's right there, very close. Israel's a very, very, very small country. And so, and Jesus was foretelling, you know, talking to his disciples about all this. And he said, when you see the abomination, now let me, let me talk to you quickly about the abomination of desolation. The, the Bible prophesies that there's coming a peace agreement that's going to be signed. When the peace agreement is signed, they're going to agree that Jews, this peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, that's going to start the final seven years of the second coming of Jesus Christ. When they get to this peace agreement, they're going to agree that Jews will be able to pray in the place where God said, I will will put my name there. He he said it 37 times in the Old Testament. And the Jews are determined that they are going to pray there up on the Temple Mount. And they're going to. Well... They are going to have this peace agreement and, and, and part of the Temple Mount is going to be under Muslim control. That's Revelation 11: 1 and 2. and part of the Temple Mount is going to be under Jewish control. It's going to be a sharing arrangement. They're going to be they're going to build a third temple during the first three and one half years of this final seven-year period. Once they get the temple built, they're going to resume animal sacrifice as they did in the Old Testament law because they don't the Jews today don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. And so they are; they, they're still under the law, and, and therefore, uh, and so they think they should do that, and and they're going to, they're going to start offering animal sacrifices. Then there's obviously going to be a lot of, object, uh, of objections from, you know, animal rights activists and things like that. I mean, imagine they're going to be killing an animal uh, every morning and every evening, and there's going to be blood shed and on TV, and just the animal rights activists are going to be going. Uh, just berserk. So remember, when they put this temple under a sharing arrangement, that the, the temple uh, mount, both Muslims and Jews will be allowed to worship there. When they do, they're going to put uh, this under control of the international community, probably the United Nations. And since the Antichrist is going to be rising to power during this time, during the first three and one half years, he is going to become recognized as the leader of the world. And then he's the one that's going to administer uh, keeping these Muslims and Jews living peacefully together on this the most disputed piece of real estate on the planet, this 35 acres called the Temple Mount, uh, and it's never been done before. So when this dispute arises, uh, guess who's going to solve it? The Antichrist, or the Abomination of Desolation, when the or the um, when the sacrifices are began. And he's going to say something like, "Look, I've taught you guys over the years that I, that you know we really uh, worship the same God—Jews, Muslims, and Christians." That's what the interfaith movement is today, getting everybody on board with this—you uh, know—the mindset of tolerance and just tolerate every religion. And you've heard that, uh, I'm sure. And, and, and the Antichrist, you know, he'll, he'll say something like, "Hey, it's 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 not true," but you've heard it because we Christians worship uh, a. Um, worship the God uh, called Jesus is his name. And the rest of the, the individuals will say, oh no, he's not God. So we're not worshiping the same God. Nevertheless, that's the theory going around today. Most people have subscribed to that. So most of them do believe it, even though it's not true. The Antichrist is going to perpetuate this myth by saying, hey, I've taught you that uh, we all worship the same God. What I haven't told you up until now is that what you're looking for is an anointed one. And the Jews are looking for Messiah. Christians are looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Muslims are looking for the Mahdi. Uh, The Buddhists are looking for the fifth Buddha. You've been murmuring because I have facilitated the peace agreement and, and because I have allowed you to build your third temple. And it's been rumored that I might be your Messiah. Now, this is the Antichrist in the future, okay? And I haven't responded to all of these rumors up until now. But now I have to tell you, I am the Messiah. The Bible says he'll claim to be God. I'm the fifth Buddha. I'm the Mahdi. I'm the second coming of Jesus. And I'm your Messiah, all in one, all of you. Therefore, you don't need these sacrifices anymore. Because I'm here. And the Bible says he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to stop. He's going to stand in the in the uh, temple claiming to be God himself. And that's the reason it's called the abomination of desolation. When the Antichrist stands in the temple where God said, I will put my name there, the Antichrist is going to say, I'm God here. That's the abomination of desolation. Jesus said when that event occurs, all the Jews... Now that's halfway through the final seven years, three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. When that event happens, all the Jews living out there in Judea are going to have to run for their lives because they are going to be slaughtered. Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives exactly where I stood the other day and he's going to say, when that event happens, when that abomination of desolation happens, right down there in that third temple, everybody that's behind me all the way to Jordan in the year, uh, I don't know the year at this point, but I mean in the very near future, they're going to have to run because they're going to be slaughtered. Jesus warned them. Remember, People prior to World War II were runners that were going throughout Germany and different places and warning them, you're going to have to flee. Hitler's coming for you. He's really going to do what he says he's going to do. And they wouldn't leave. But there were runners. So because Jesus warned the Jews in Judea to flee when they see the abomination of desolation, that's going to be end-time ministries in the very near future. We are going to be the runners, folks. So let me move on here. When they get this peace agreement, they're going to establish a Palestinian state in Judea. And Jews are going to live in that Palestinian state as a minority, and that's going to work fine for the first three and one-half years. Remember, the peace agreement starts the final seven years. They'll live out there as a Jewish minority. It's going to work for the first three and one-half years. But then, when this abomination of desolation event takes place, there's going to be something about that that's going to trigger Palestinian anger and they're going to start slaughtering the jews amongst themselves the bible says at the time that the jewish people they're going to have to run i mean it's going to be jesus said it's it's going to be so urgent if you're on your house top don't go down don't go to the, down even down to the bedroom to grab your socks i mean it don't get your clothing. If, if you're in the field, don't go back to grab your billfold. Hit the ground running. Why? Because then's going to be great tribulation. Greatest persecution such as never been before nor ever will be again. When they sign that prophesied peace agreement that marks the beginning of the final seven years, End Time Ministries is going to mail a magazine to every home in Israel. You say, wow. That's a big project. I mean, you know, you're wasting your time. No, listen, listen, listen. God this is a God inspired vision mission in the end time. I know many of you have bought into this. You heard my father in law talk about it for years, but this stuff is hitting home to me over the last couple weeks as I was in Israel. God has given us so many contacts that will help us with this. I'm telling you, folks. I met people that I have that it just solidified this in my mind as I was over there. And God's dealing with me, saying this is going to happen, and and you guys are going to this is it. And oh my goodness, I've got goosebumps sitting here by Landon, who's with me in the booth here at this general conference. And I'm telling you, this is going to happen in time, and you guys will all be. Many of you have signed up to go on the door knocking campaign with us, and it's going to happen, folks. So. Once the peace agreement signed, we're going to mail the magazine to every home in Israel. And then uh, and pro- probably we have many people that have contacted us um, that have uh, some partners of ours that said, hey, we've got a way that we can uh, get the emails of everybody in Israel, even out in the West Bank, and even to do mass uh, and email blasts to these individuals, warning them what's coming and different things. We've got the uh, the magazine that's going to go out to every home in Israel. And I, to my knowledge, no Christian organization has ever done that. You say, well, it can't be done. No, we're, we're serving a God that can do anything. And so very, very important that uh, God's with us, folks. Uh, nothing's impossible. I've seen that through all the years at working at End Time Ministries. If God lays something on your heart, gives you a mission, He will equip you, He will prepare you, He will supply the finances, and you follow God. We've got to be, The Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. That's what we're doing. We pray every morning. We're spirit-led individuals. And we God's never failed us one time. Never failed us one time. And He's not going to fail us in the future. So I know about World War III. I know about precursors, of the Mark of the Beast. I know about all these different things that are coming. But that's not going to affect us in being able to facilitate this mission God is giving us. So it's a message of hope and peace in the end time. Even though chaos and things are going on all around us, I'm on a mission, and I'm not going to let anything keep me from that. God's with us, God's moving on us, and God is solidifying this in my mind as I'm in, in Israel the last couple of weeks. And when you, if you go on a tour with us, you'll see what I'm seeing. Uh, you'll see what I'm saying. Uh, we're meeting people. Uh, we go out in the West Bank. We're su- we're supporting businesses out in the West Bank. Uh, and it's very important that we do that because we're supporting Israel. Hey, Bible says I'll bless them that bless you and I'll curse them that curse you. And we are on board with Israel. We love the Israeli people and um, want to help them in the end time. So um, after the when the when the peace agreement is signed that starts the final seven years, the magazine goes out. Two and a half years or about six months before the abomination of desolation, the abomination of desolation happens halfway through that, three and a half years in. About um, it's, you know, two 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 and a half years, three years in, we're going to, um, we'll know when it's going to be. End Time Ministries is going to bring hundreds, if not thousands, to the West Bank region, Judea. And we're going to door knock every Jewish door living under Palestinian control. Those ones that are living out there as a minority. And we're going to personally warn them that they've got to be prepared to get out. Folks... We, you, and whoever's going to go with us, and the ones that have financially supported us, the ones that are our prayer partners, we are going to be the runners, just like people who went and warned the Jews to leave prior to World War II. That you can, you can read there, there are books on this stuff, and the ones that went in there to warn them. We are going to be the ones that go in there to warn these Jews, you're going to have to leave. We've already sent them a magazine when the final seven years starts. We're going to be going in there door knockers, and hey, you guys are going to leave. Now, some of them will say, you guys are crazy, we're not leaving. That's fine. It does not mean we're still not going to warn them. And But there will be some that do leave. The Bible says Judea will be fighting in Jerusalem during the Battle of Armageddon. And so it's very important we understand this. Some of them will leave, some of them won't. But the ones that will leave, Jesus, the Bible says, I will save the tents of Judah first in the end time. There will be those that come out, and we're going to be there to help facilitate that great end time revival. Wow. Looking forward to the end time.
3: I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry.
0: So you, do you feel the passion in my voice and the the burden that is set upon me and not just me, our family, our End Time Ministries as a whole? We realize that we are God has given us this mission and, and to do this in the end time. Think about this. For years, my father-in-law has taught. A post-tribulation rapture. I believe that Scripture teaches that. Many of my friends, pastor friends, relationships, the the organization that I belong to, they they teach a pre-tribulation rapture. Why did God, in the face of peer pressure, my friends saying, why in the world do you guys teach a post-tribulation rapture? Why, in the face of all that, would God show us a post tribulation rapture, the interpretation of all those scriptures. Because he needed, he was going to lay this on somebody's heart. And it's got to be somebody that believes we're going to be here and have influence in him. Why did God miraculously? Stat, you know, align us with somebody, a, a childhood friend of my father-in-law's that um, had an Amotah in Israel that could uh, we could start up a nonprofit organization, where, which is how we got our college in downtown Jerusalem. And I mean, I'm telling you, folks, God has been setting the stage for this for years, decades, and then God reveals my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, the. Uh, interpretation of these prophecies back in the uh, early 60s and all these years we've been teaching that this is going to happen and then now here we are God has miraculously set the stage for all of this he knew it was going to happen and he he's laid it upon our hearts and I'm in Israel the last couple weeks and I'm thinking oh my goodness this is us we're, and God, I'm telling you, God was just moving on me. One thing right after, as I was talking to the people, I'm thinking, mm, I was swallowing hard thinking, this is going to happen, and we're going to be the ones that help do this stuff. Us and thousands of other people. It's not just us, folks. Listen, I, I don't want you to think that I'm just out there, you know, we're mavericks by ourselves, and yeehaw, we're doing this. No. This is a God thing. And we've got many people that have been praying for us. They know it's coming. They're going to go with us to Israel and and help with this. People have, have supported this financially. Thank you so much and through your prayers. And it's going to be huge. I, it's going to be a giant undertaking. But I'm telling you, God has never failed us one time. And all of the things that we've done, radio, television, all of the DVDs, the, 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 the global, we've taught this stuff all over the world and this big outreach. And I... God has helped me to have a global vision. Irvin Baxter implanted that in me, and through prayer and devotions and different things, the, the, I'm telling you, the, the internet and all these different things have made the world very small. Think about it. I can order something from China and have it here in a few days. And so, the globalism, everything, the globalization, I should say, the internet, everything, the world's very small. I, I con, I'm in contact with people all over the world all the time. It's, I believe it's a God thing, folks, that God is helping us to facilitate things on the other side of the world. And um, I just want you to understand why we're doing what we're doing, part of it. We're, I'm, I'm trying to reach everybody, but God has allowed us a, the privilege to help to be on the inside of some of this stuff in the end time. I, I know the guy. A guy's a personal friend of mine that has all the red heifers and that helped facilitate getting them to Israel. Byron Stinson, great friend of mine. And uh, why did God get me into contact with him so I could have the inside scoop on this stuff? I knew when the Jew, when the uh, red heifers were going to land in Israel before they ever landed. I knew when they were going to go before they ever took off. I knew that who was going to meet them there. I knew I, I got, I was, I had the inside scoop on all that because Byron was texting me saying, here's what's going to happen. They're finally shipped, bah, bah, blah, on down the road. I'm on the inside scoop of these red heifer stuff. Why? Why did God do that for me in end time ministries? Because we are the ones leading the charge on some of this stuff for the kingdom of God. This is not Dave Robbins' kingdom. This is not End Time Ministries' kingdom. This is the kingdom of God, folks. We're kingdom-minded individuals. And I'm trying to build the kingdom of God. I'm not building Dave Robbins' kingdom. I'm building the kingdom of God. And we've got to have the knowledge of some of these things. If we were walking around blind, how could we help facilitate these things? This, this Matthew 24, that's a New Testament prophecy. The Jews don't follow this. The Jews in the West Bank aren't following Matthew 24. And so it's very important that y'all understand what we're doing. I'm casting the vision before you. This is not something my father-in-law come up with. God laid this on his heart. And so uh, we have a... Big job ahead of us, and man, I am just excited out of my mind for this stuff, and I hope you all are as well. A lot of people see the end time as gloom and doom and scary, and you know, and I'm concerned about some of it, but I'm not afraid because when you're on the inside of this stuff and you're led by the Spirit of God, you say, Well, all of the apostles were running around scared out of their mind. No, they were not, absolutely not. There's no way they could have set up churches all over the place. And do everything they did in the New Testament if they had been running around scared. Those guys were on fire. They were full of the Holy Ghost. And they were establishing churches and building the kingdom of God. That's where we are today. God had not given us a spirit of fear but of love, power, and of a sound mind and of evangelism. And that's the role of the church in the end time. So uh, if you want to help us with that, you know, if you want to help us with the door knocking campaign, save your money and to go to Israel and we're going to go out and we're going to do that it's going to happen and because let me tell you Jesus put that in the prophecy for a reason he, he wanted to warn them to save them because he cares about them he cares about the Jews and the Bible says when in Revelation chapter 12 when there's a war in heaven and Satan is bound to the earth Satan's going to lose there's a war in heaven Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and his angels bind them to the earth The Bible says, Rejoice, you that are in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because they come down, uh, um, Satan is coming down into you, having great wrath, and he persecutes Israel, which is the woman with 12 stars around her head. That's Israel in chapter 12. And then he persecutes those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. So Jesus was warning us in Matthew 24 that the Jews, in the end time in the West Bank, there's going to be horrible persecution out there. So... We're going to warn them. You guys are going to have to leave, just like World War II. And then the Jews around the world. Why do we? Why are we working with the Jewish Agency? Why do we work with Devorah Ganani and all these people? It's one of the things we stopped at on our Israel tour. We take the group to the absorption center where Jews come in making Aliyah around the world. Why do we even care about that? Why? Why not just? You know, we're involved in people here in the United States. I'm helping people here in the United States too. But the Jews that make Aliyah from around the world, the, Satan is going to try to persecute those individuals. There's already Jews getting persecuted around the world. We've helped many of them escape some of that and make Aliyah back to Israel. If we can do that in the end time, the Bible says when the Lord comes back, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in at his second coming, all of Israel is going to be saved. It's um, Romans 11, 25 and 26. And so I want to save Jews. I want to save everybody, but the the Bible specifically warns the Jews. But it's New Testament prophecy, so somebody's got to warn them that understands this stuff. End time ministries, I believe we understand it. God laid it upon our heart. That's what we're going to do, and it's going to be awesome. All this other stuff. The Antichrist can take care of himself. I'm not worried about him. He needs to be worried about us. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church is going to be aggressive, moving forward, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and winning souls and building the kingdom of God. So the Antichrist, man, he's got, he's going to have problems. He's he, he, He's got to be worried about me. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the world government. We talk about it because it's Bible prophecy. But in the end, I'm concerned about, Jesus, what do you want? I'm promoting your kingdom. I'm building your kingdom. You tell me what you want to do, and I'm all in. And so we're going to have, we'll have great... We've got influence in Israel right now, but we're going to have great influence when this is all over with for those that want to be saved. And so Jesus cares about the Jews. But guess what? Most of them don't read the New Testament, so it's going to be somebody that has to get the message across to them. That's going to be the magazine that we mail out. That's going to be the people that we're already influencing. When I was in Israel this time, I had an into, in yeah, an interesting experience, never happened to me before. We have a lady that's in our Jewish college, uh that that's in our college, I should say, in Israel. And um she's Jewish, but she is on the path to converting to Christianity. So she's um making the transition, okay? From law to grace, and from believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I mean, she's in on it, and but she's, you know, it's taking a little time. Well, she wanted to pray over me using a Jewish prayer shawl and anointing me and things like that. And I first I was like, "What?" She said, "Can I do this?" And I said, "Well, tell me exactly what you're wanting to do here." And uh, she told me, "I just want to pray over you." And I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'm in." So we did it. And it was a great experience. And she was anointing us and helping us. And she's helping teach me how to communicate with the Jews that are still under the law, living out there under the West Bank and different things. She's helping me to communicate with them. I believe that God put her in my life. And she met us at the hotel one night. She stayed there till midnight after we toured all day. I told her, I said, I'm so tired, I, I, I can't even understand what you're saying right now. But it's it, it, she's such a wealth of information. She's helping me. Well, you, you do you think that's just coincidence that she started coming to our college? And I teach her every Thursday about Bible prophecy and about the things of God and the New Testament. And she's just sucking it up like a sponge. But she's helping me. To be able to bring Jews from the Old Testament into the New Testament, folks, do you understand what I'm saying? God is setting stage for what we're doing in the end time. I've got to be able to communicate with the Jews, and to be able to 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 hey these Dave, these are things that you don't say. These are things you do say. Our missionary with Israel, he's helping me. So God's I'm telling you, if God will call you to do something, He will prepare you, He will equip you, and that's exactly what's happening to us right now. It's happening to me in my own life. I'm getting an education, and God is helping me to be able to communicate with Jews living out in the West Bank. And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, everyone, about what God is doing in the end time. He's helping us. He's preparing us. He's equipping us. We're moving straight forward. We're being led by the Spirit of God. And we are building his church, folks. Listen, the only thing that we can take with us when we leave this world is our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with other people. How many people did you prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ? That's what this is all about. That's the thesis of the entire Bible. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your fellow man. And God is helping us to reach so many people right now. We've got a global reach, not not to, so people could know Dave Robbins' name or Doug Norvell, or Vince Stegall, we've got a global reach so people could know the name of Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. Preparing people for the second coming. And I wanted to share this vision with you today because I'm excited out of my mind. Not the un- I'm concerned about things in the end time, but only how can I keep reaching people all the way to the second coming. That's the only thing I'm really concerned about. How, do- how can we keep our voice out there reaching people to build the kingdom of god all the way to the end and i know the, the bible prophesies the greatest time of revival the world's ever seen will happen during the end time and i believe it's trickling in right now this great harvest but there's coming a time when it is going to escalate and we're going to see people coming into churches all across this world man i i'm so excited and uh, i know you guys are too i hope you feel my passion we love each and every one of you. We're Again, we're here in Orlando this week. Doug and Vince will be on the program tomorrow. We're in a giant convention center. And on Friday, Doug, Vince, and I will be on the program together, bantering back and forth, answering questions. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for supporting us. And we're reaching this world together, and I want you to know that. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. And we love each and every one.